So, I have a cold. Have you, you know the kind of cold where you get it in your head and you speak, and then a couple minutes later it finishes echoing in your head? I get to listen to my sermon twice, twice, twice. <laughs> it is good to see you. Uh, you know, I, I've been praying a lot for grace. I've always prayed for grace. I've always prayed for our church, at least since 1981. But in the last, oh, I don't know, short season of my life, I guess, I've been praying very focused prayers for our church. And uh, I love this church. And I'm not talking about the, the shed, the sheep shed. I'm talking about the sheep. I'm talking about you. I love you. It is a very cool thing to be here on Sunday mornings with you. It is a very, very cool thing indeed. It's a very good thing to worship with you. It is very good. And it, uh, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but I'm going to say it because it makes me feel good to say it. If it's good for my soul to worship with you. It just seems right. And I know it's a spirit leading. It's just very good. So um, I appreciate being here. I appreciate seeing you. I appreciate worshiping with you, co-laboring in the kingdom with you, and all of these things that we have that the Lord would lay out in front of us. And I was working on this message, and it was I was getting kind of nostalgic for us as a church this, just in this last year. What, what was 2016, or 2015? What, what will, I suppose what will be 2016, but what was 2015? <clears throat> By the way, my dad and mom are gone, so please, if you would remember, pray for them. They're traveling. They're going heading to a conference, and then there's another conference that they're going to go to, and then they're going to bob around to other places, and they're going to stay in Florida for a while uh, and use that as a home base, but they're going to be doing quite a bit of traveling, which is an extension, I guess, of his ministry now. But the uh, 2015, what a year that was for us here at Grace Christian Fellowship. Really, it was a good year, I think. Every year is a good year when God leads us through it. Amen? Amen? But it's good to look back and come up with 2015. And I, I just wrote down five things, and I didn't, you know, they're not really in a numerical order, but five things that kind of stood out to me about 2015. Number one, remember, there's no real numerical order. The web ended, and home groups were reborn earnestly. The web ended. You know, the web was a very wonderful it was a great thing. We had a Wednesday evening Bible breakout. It was here. It was Wednesday nights, and it was for all ages. It was a great ministry. It was a great product of Grace Christian Fellowship. And then seeing the web end was kind of like a, ugh. But then we did that as part of our vision, and really is about driving through home groups. We were hearing, among other reasons, we were hearing lots of folks saying, hey, I've only got so many nights a week. Where do I spend them? At the web or home groups? And we say, please go to home groups. So that was one of the reasons, I guess. And uh, probably one of the largest reasons. Is that true, Mark? Um, so home groups, the web ended. Home groups were reborn with earnestness. And I love what we're doing with home groups. I, that's a whole, I can talk about home groups. I will talk about home groups some Sunday. But I love what we're doing with home groups. <clears throat> By the way, I want to be something. I want to be very, be very clear this morning. Just because I have a cold and maybe sound a little froggy, doesn't mean I'm not passionate about the things I'm saying this morning. I want you to know that this was a very fun message for me to put together. But there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, ex- 
excitement in this message for me as well. So number two, uh, new carpet, new ceilings. So okay, we got new carpet, new ceilings. To me, that's not what it's about, but it's about God's provision. Because we had God's blessing through all of these things. We got the carpets for a great deal. God really provided a great source. Beth Messiah paid for our ceilings. We had a lot of your labor, your backs, to help put get stuff done. Everything from tearing out the ceiling tiles, moving the chairs, uh, touching up paint on walls, all kinds of stuff. God really opened his pocketbook, so to speak, and made it possible for us. So it's about God's provisions in the year. It's not about just the materials, although I'm blessed to see the new materials. It's about God's provisions that make that I think of finally of for 2015. Another one, multi-generational. Now, this is a little bit harder to, to call out specific things that happen for us in the year, but we're starting to see with intentionality that we want to be a multi-generational church. The uh, Jerry and Sue Bartoshevitz are starting a new home group. It starts a week from Wednesday. But you have to qualify as a senior. You, if you see yourself as a senior, then you can go. Mike Fantry, you can go. <laughs> That's an intentional step in being multi-generational. When, when the web ended, we didn't stop the children's programs. If anything, we're trying to figure out how to make them put more bones to them. And that's another side of the multi-generational spectrum. Right? We want more. We have a new welcome table in the back for paper materials. Okay, what's the big deal? Annie made a comment, if you're 35 or down, da 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 Do you remember that? Yeah. I think if you're a certain age and up, you view materials differently too. Amen. You like to touch them. I like to touch them. I'm not scrolling through an iPad up here. I like to touch my materials. I think there are certain ages where you want to look at it electronically. So when we put a welcome table in the back, it's because we say, you know what? Whatever we have on the Internet, we should also have for people to touch. Multi-generational. Another thing, we have many community outreaches. I'm going to speak about home groups. I tell you, if you look at what home groups are doing, and you may, in your home group, you're, you know what your home group's doing, but there are things, if we look at all of the home groups together, all of the outreaches, it's, it's mind-boggling. It really is. There's so much activity. Recently, I had somebody, somebody come to me and say, Jim, when are you going to start this uh, outreach? When are we gonna, I hear about outreach. When are we going to start it? And I said, do you go to home groups? They said, no. ha, ha, ha. Well, you got to get in on that. Now, we have done some things as a church. For example, we have the school outreach. We've adopted a couple schools. We had, we've had very good steps on that. Uh, uh, one of the home groups, I'm just going to mention this as kind of a little bit of a appetizer. One of the home groups has adopted St. A's and, of course, brought in the Christmas tree. And many of you contributed as a church to the, the gift giving for St. A's um, and doors are really opening. And I'm going to kind of stop there because I'm going to save it for another message. There's such testimony, such testimony to what's happening as we're starting to reach out with intentionality. Pastor Frank's ministry is evolving. I mentioned just a minute ago that he's traveling a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot. So he's got this conference he's going to uh, actually today, and then he's got another conference he's going to in a, in a week and a half or so. And uh, I'll be joining him for part of that conference. 
they asked me to go. So this is an odd thing. And I want to give you a sense of how much he's appreciated for his ministry. So the organization is Tikkun. And this, this, not the one he's going to now, but the one in a week and a half that I'll be joining him for, is Tikkun. And they asked me to go. Why do you want me to go to your conference? It's a leadership conference of Messianic, American leadership conference of Messianic synagogues in America. So why do you want me to go? They sent me an email. All expenses paid. Jim, we want you to come. We're going to fly you out there. We're going to pay for your hotel. We want you to come. <laughs> Wouldn't you be suspicious? So I asked my dad, why do you want me to go? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. So he goes, and he starts his networking. Why do you need Jim to go? Why do you want Jim to go? Why do you need Jim to go? Why do you want Jim to go? And we start to get some, he starts to get some answers back. Well, Apparently, they want to make sure you're behind me. Are we behind him? We are behind him. So they're paying for me to go to say, we are behind him. Isn't that a blessing? It's going to be a great conversation for me. I kind of want to say no. (laughs) I don't know what you... I wonder if they would laugh. I don't know. If if anybody listens to this message, I, I suppose I'll hear something. But we are behind him. His ministry is evolving, and we're all behind that. It's exciting for me, but I'm not coming to bump the guy out of his position. I'm coming in because God's moving his ministry out. Amen? I don't know what kind of year you've had in 2015, but you probably had a good year if you met some of these these qualifying uh, criteria. Biblical, not biblical qualifying criteria. Are you ready? You know you're doing very well. You're running along the path in 2015 if you realize that you're custom made. That you realize that you're custom made. That's something to think about, isn't it? You're custom made. You're, you're one of a kind. You're, you probably had a good 2015. You're running along the path if, Jeff, you are not holding on to the past. Some of you know what I'm talking about. The past gets in front of you sometimes. You can't let go of the past. You dwell in the past. You hang on to the past. You hold yourself accountable to the past. The past belongs where? In the past. The Bible's pretty clear about that. You probably had a, a spiritually good 2015 if you fixated on and are reaching for the future. So you let go of the past, now you see where you're going. Ah, that's where I'm going. And usually you start to head that way. You don't just talk about it. You actually start to head that way. You probably had a good 2015 if you're comfortable being weak because then you know that the Lord can take over. When we're weak, he's strong. I was talking to... (laughs) I think I'm so weak in so many things. I really do. And then I think, praise God. That's spectacular. He's got nothing to work with. It has to all be him. I think that's great. I hope that you feel that way. You probably had a great 2015 if you've chosen to walk in the truth. And I say chosen to walk in the truth because I think it has to be a choice. I think we have to intentionally want to walk in the truth. Some people hear the truth and they don't want to walk in it. I've talked to people, I've counseled people like this, and some of you probably know people like this, and I've said the Bible says this, and they'll go, 
but I don't know about that. Okay, well, you choose to walk in any path you want. You had a good 2015 if you simply chosen to walk in that truth. The Bible says it. It is. You've probably had a good 2015, and you're running along the path of the year. If you've come to terms with the fact that God measures us differently than the world does. The world measures success one way. God measures it a totally different way. Totally different. The world says, you get this kind of thing, you get that kind of thing, your family looks like this, you look like that. God says, be obedient. That's it. This or this. You probably had a good 2015 if you don't compare yourself to anyone. This is a big one. I remember one time, I thought this was a funny thing. Sometimes it I still think it's a funny thing, and this has been, I've known this now for 20 years. Um, sometimes it gives me pause, but it, it makes me, ultimately makes me smile. We were, uh, at the time, Lee and I were working when, in Crusaders. We were, work, we were uh, working with the youth group, and we had found another youth group, and it was somebody that we knew from our own youth days. And uh, we were talking to him, and, and his name, we'll, we'll call him Bob, it wasn't Bob, but if he ever breezes into church here, I want to give him some privacy. So we'll call him Bob and his wife, whatever, Susan. Uh, Bob and Susan were thinking, you know what? We should work with our youth group. So sure enough, at their church, after talking to us, they went to their church and they started a youth program at their church. And then they took their youth group and they joined our youth group and they, we rented a YMCA for an overnight lock-in. And while we're at the lock-in, I'm talking to Bob and and I'm saying, Bob, it's so great that you have a youth group. It's so great that you were able to do this, that you were able to start a youth group. And he said, you know, I figure if Sussler can do it, anybody can do it. Aww. Praise God. <laughs> All right. If, I, if that works for you, that's good enough for me. But don't compare yourself to me. And I won't compare myself to you. You had probably a good 2015 if you don't compare yourself to anybody. A lot of people get hung up in that stuff. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Are you with me? Yep. Yeah. I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> For audio, it was a drink of water. <laughs> so I want to jump in. If you didn't have a good 2015... If it wasn't a year that you found yourself running on the path, there may be a couple reasons for it. But I want to look at a biblical example of something that happened years ago that things didn't go exactly the way they were expected to go. It's a very uh, dramatic time in Israel's history. Very dramatic time. They had the temple. Solomon had built the temple. Finally, they had a permanent place for the Ark of the Covenant. Finally, they had a place for the sacrifices, for the people to gather. Finally, they had this place. But then, after years of not following the Lord, the country split and divided. Israel went one way with ten tribes. Judah had two tribes and some Levites, and they they were uh, these, these two splits. Israel falls, and the people are gobbled up, and the land is gobbled up. And then some years later, Judah falls, and the temple goes with it. The temple is gone. And, uh, and Babylon, Babylon, the Babylonians, took Israel's, uh, the, the best of the people and the land and, the, and the, the things of any worth, and they marched them all to Babylon. And uh, over 70 years passed by. Over 70 years passed by. There's no temple. Uh, it's, a, it's just a disaster. 
uh, to worship the Lord is just a remnant of what it was. No way to even worship the Lord the way it used to be. And finally, the story starts. <laughs> so let's go ahead and start here. Ezra 1. Clearly, the Lord is moving through. Oh, <laughs> now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the, now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout his kingdom and also put it in writing. Get this. After all this sort of thing that's happened, Cyrus, king of Persia, is not a Jew. He's not a Jew. The Lord stirs on his heart. The Lord gets a hold of this guy to honor who the Lord is. The Lord said prophetically through Jeremiah this would happen, and the Lord lays on Cyrus' heart that this is going to happen. The Lord went to a non-believing guy in Cyrus. And Cyrus, the king, makes a proclamation. All the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me. There's a bold statement. And he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. So there you go. King of Persia, the, Lord's gonna sp- the Lord speak- spoke to him and said, build me a house right back where it was. Build me a new house. So he does. He asks for volunteers. He asks to gather. He says, we'll pull, the, we'll pull the money out, the temple artifacts that we took at the time. We're going to give them back to the volunteers that want to go back to Judah and want to rebuild this temple. So who wants to go? And a man steps up. His name was Zerubbabel. <clears throat> and there's a, he has another name, and, but we'll call him Zerubbabel. That's his Hebrew name. And Zerubbabel took 42,000-plus people back and some temple artifacts, and they go back to the original spot of the temple. And what a time it must have been for them, because after all those years, they got to build a temple again. They, were, they got the green light. The Lord spoke. Their king gave them the green light put it in writing, and they got to go build a new temple. So Zerubbabel is pumped, and he gets some Levites, and they're going to go do this. And they, they build a new foundation, and they rebuild the sacrificial uh, altar places and do this sort of thing. But then, <clears throat> then, some problems begin to occur. Was the Lord behind this, yes or no? Yes. The Lord is behind this. But still, some problems occurred. Okay. Now, when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the descendants of the captivity were building the temple of the Lord God of Israel, the, ad- the adversaries heard this. So the bad guys heard it. <clears throat> they came to Zerubbabel and the heads of the father's houses and said to them, Let us build with you. Do you want your enemies to do anything with you? It defies common sense. <clears throat> they said, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as you do. And we have sacrificed to him since the days of Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel and Jeshua, who was a priest, and the rest of the heads of the fathers' houses of Israel said to them, You may do nothing with us to build a house for our God, but we alone will build, a house, build to the Lord, our, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. So the adversaries see what's going on. These adversaries were Samaritans. They were inhabitants of the land. They see what's going on, and they come, and they say, Let us do it. Let us join you. None of us in our right mind would want our enemies to build with us. I can't imagine the issues that would be. They clearly, the Israelites clearly didn't want to do it. After that happened, then the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah. Well, no kidding. 
They tried to stop the Jews from doing this. They troubled them in building, and they hired counselors. They hired counselors. They hired attorneys to stop them. That's essentially what it's being said. Um, they hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. They hired people to stop them. They plotted. They planned. They strategized how to stop them from building the temple. What's the big deal? They just were going to build a temple. What a crazy time this must have been for Zerubbabel. For two years, they're there. They're so excited. They're building this stuff. It's happening. Then this occurred. And it was a big deal. You can read in Ezra the letters that were written, a copy of the letters that were written. It was such a big deal in the Bible that multiple books are dedicated to it. Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi comes right afterward, Esther. This is all in this time. This is a big deal. A big chunk of our scriptures is dedicated to this. So for 17 years, they languished. They had two years of building, and for 17 years, everything stopped. The king, king Cyrus said, well, you better stop it. I don't want to cause any problems. And for 17 years, it stopped. And then one day, one day a good thing happened. Zerubbabel, he realized that Cyrus was dead. His, the king was dead. So I can just imagine, I can just imagine... Zerubbabel in this case. He's been waiting for all these years. And he, I don't know if it dawned on him. I don't know what clicked for him. I don't know what made it go, what made the bells go off in his head. But he decided to build again. God sent Haggai and Zechariah to Zerubbabel. The three of them got together and they started to build again, just against the king's degree. They built. Some rulers in the area... Uh, they got together, the, the actual, the regional leaders got together and they wrote the new king, Darius, a letter and they said, would you please shut down this building process? Should this be going on? Do we really need this to go on? And Darius went back, checked his records and said, let it happen. And I like this. I'm going to actually quote a verse. He said, stay away from them. Let them build. Stay away from them. And furthermore, he said, you tax your people to pay for it. That's pretty good. That's like a mic drop. That is an in-your-face. For 17 years, they languished. Their walk wasn't so spiffy. But then, then, all was well. They were ready. In their times of need, the Lord sent Haggai and Zechariah he gave money. He got the king behind it. Darius was behind it. And life was good. In fact, Haggai chapter 2, verse 23, I have this, you don't. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shatil, says the Lord, and I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. Zerubbabel, after languishing for all those 17 years, when Haggai went, Haggai was used prophetically to tell him, even through all of this, you're looking to build my temple, and I will make you like a signet ring on my finger. 
You know, when a king has a signet ring and he puts a stamp on things, that is quite a statement. That person who looks to build my temple. We have a, you know, you have individually, I have individually, our own calls, our own actions in the year 2016. We have things ahead of us in 2016 that we're going to need to do individually. As a man, I'll have it in my home. I'll have it with my wife, with my children, my grandchild. I'll have it just as an individual brother. I'll have it reaching out to people in the city, just introducing them to the Lord. But I also have it here, and you have the same things. The Lord is giving us direction, clear direction as a church, to build this to build his kingdom. He's been laying out more clearly a defined vision for us to do it in. And there may be times where things seem to be slow in your life or things seem to be held up in your life. If you're still working for the Lord, don't worry about it. That's all right. We've got this lawsuit going with this gas station. It's been going for Forever, it seems like, eight and a half years. It'll be nine years in April, I think. That's a long time. Zerubbabel had 17 years. What's nine years? This is God's house. He's going to take care of us. You may have something, I'm telling you, you may have something in your life, you feel like you are stuck in the muck. Don't worry about it. Just keep plodding through the muck. God will send help, and the temple will be built, if you understand my illustration there. But the key is, you've got to be moving forward. You've got to be moving forward. Always forward. Always persevere. Always press on. Always. If we find ourselves not moving forward... That's not so good. <laughs> so 2016, continue meeting together. These are just gentle reminders. Continue meeting together. Meet together. Schmooze. Develop relationships. Certainly we're in the world. We're not of the world. So encourage each other. Just be together. Hang out with people, whether they're believers or non-believers. But if they're non-believers, we've got a mission to build a temple. Zerubbabel is the example there. The signet ring, Right? He got it for building the temple. That's our example. Enlarge your social circles. Get to know more people. In this house, too, get to know more people. Reach out, including you guys. Grow your worship. Push your, push your worship and your prayer time, your singing time to new places. Try new things. Do things you haven't done before. If you don't sing, and, and, and raise your hands, raise your hands. If you don't sing, clap, clap. If you pray for three minutes a day, double it. Go to six minutes a day or nine minutes a day. Do whatever you got to do. There's one brother in here that, that last year he decided to follow a Bible reading plan for a year. He did it. Now he's going to change translations. Do it again. Go for a different perspective in the scriptures. Try something new. Study the word. Consider your ministry. How can you grow it? Uh, maybe you want to rotate in ministry. Maybe you've been doing something for a while. Praise God, we need you. We need you in all kinds of ministries. I didn't count on any given Sunday. There's at least 25 people who have poured their time into a Sunday morning service. At least 25. And that includes somebody who takes time to come in during the week to get a parking lot clean. 
Somebody who comes in, we've got two people sitting in the back. We've got the people on the stage, we've got people in Sunday school, people in the nursery, people in the cafe, people bringing the food, people who set the food, people who pray for each other. At least 25, there's always ministry here. That's the way the kingdom of God operates, and we love it. We love being used. Grow your home group activity. If you're going 100% of the time, Start to volunteer for more things in your home group. If you're going for part of the time, go 100% of the time. A partial home group member is very difficult to build a home group around. Home group leaders probably would agree with me. So go all the time. Get involved. Go to your home group leader. Ooh, let's make a challenge. Let's make a problem for your home group leaders now, shall we? Go to your home group leader and say, home group leader, how can I do more here? Make them think of something else for you to do. Uh, for grace, now those are some things you can do. For grace, for 2016, continue, we'll continue reaching out in our community. We will. We've got some specific ideas. On Friday, I'm meeting with our, our local alderman here, and I'm doing it for a couple of reasons. One, I'm going to say, how can we, as a church, support our local area, just our area? What can we do here in this area? Now, I don't want to do that just because we're in the city, but that's a good reason. I want to do that to take, ultimately take the gospel to people. That's why we're doing it. We're a church. We're not a community center. Right? But we can use community center perspectives and tactics to reach lives. So I'll be asking the alderman that. And another thing I'll be doing is giving him a Bible with his name on the outside. That will be spelled correctly. Got to, well, one Bible with his name on the outside and I spelled it wrong. Please don't judge me. That was terrible. So I've got to get a new one. With his name spelled correctly, and we're going to pre- I'm going to present it to him and say, this is from us at Grace Christian Fellowship. We love you, and, well, I won't say that. Maybe he thinks we're weird. But we pray for you, uh, pray for him on the spot, tell him we appreciate him and his time. But then it doesn't stop there. I'm reaching out to the uh, aldermen of Wabatosa. We're right on the edge of Wabatosa, and we do touch their community, even though we're a Milwaukee church. But I'm going to reach out to that guy uh, and, and do the same thing. Right? So that we will continue our reach out. Those are just two examples of things that we'll do to reach out and get to know other area leaders and influencers to share the Lord with them and to find out how we as a church can be involved in our community. Really impactfully to share the gospel. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. More home groups. Look to have more home groups in 2015 or 2016. I'm sorry. We're starting off with the Barter Service Home Group. Very excellent. By the way, I don't think... I think uh, if you're a Vikings fan, you're not welcome. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, we do have a prayer and fast day set up in April. We actually already have that. We'll start to roll those dates out. Um, I'm very excited about a prayer and fast time. We'll have a little bit of a focus on how to be carrying the gospel out into the city. We'll carry a focus on that this year. Um, we're going to study fear of the Lord. We're going to study faith this year. You know, if you want to study humility, just study who the Lord is. And and humility is a byproduct of that. So we're going to spend time, I'm going to spend time talking about that this year. And it's, it's, frankly, if you've ever studied it, you know what I'm talking about. As soon as you get into fear of the Lord, you you find yourself just kind of uh, humble, just at a stop. To really study who the Lord is and the fear of the Lord, it's, it it really puts, uh, it's very sobering, but it's uh, very freeing at the same time. So we'll get into that. And we are going to continue intentionally, uh, intentionality in our ministries and stirring them toward things that reach our grace vision. For example, we have a food pantry. We don't just give away food. 
But how does our food pantry connect to our vision of our local community? We've seen several people come to, come to know the Lord because of our food pantry. But that's because we've been trying to make those connections. It's not just food, it's connecting people to the Lord. There's other things that have gone very well in 2015. We had the mayor come in here, our adopted schools, I mentioned those, our active ministry. I have my The testimonies I've heard from some of you, there's a group of you, I'm not going to say who you are, there's a group of you who have, just on your own, you, you went and you've gone to a local library and you've just prayed for people in the parking lot and shared faith. That's not part of a home group. That's just because you were just just wanted to do it. There's things, there's ministry going on that isn't even part of our church. But, you know, vision is contagious. Direction is contagious. <clears throat> Excuse me. 2015, 2016, always have something that carries through. Every year has these similar things that carry through. Marriages, babies, and deaths. Marriages, babies, and deaths. When there's a marriage, that's an exciting time. Babies are exciting times. Those two things will change lives. But so will deaths. Right? You've lost somebody close to you. You know what a death can do. You never replace that. But we are a family. And through marriages, babies, and deaths, and what other needs, we we will minister to each other. Because we are a family. We do care about each other. Are we a perfect family? No! No! But what family is? And we love each other through it. And we do the best we can. And we lead each other, encourage each other. And we bless each other. And we're patient with each other and persevere with each other. We see our family grow. 2016, I think, is going to be a wonderful year to watch the Lord move. Wonderful year. It's not a year that we're going to get all the answers. But it's a year that he brings us peace. And we watch him move. We're faithful to follow him. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing what you do in 2016. I get very encouraged by these testimonies. That's why when I start to share, I'm going to have really, in the next few weeks, I'm going to share in home groups, and I'm going to tell you the outreaches that are going on. It's really exciting. I'm looking forward to hearing those stories from you. We'll share them with each other. And as much as we can, I'd like to have you start to come up and share testimonies. Because it only honors God. It's his work. What a blessing, right? So please stand up if you would. We're going to close in a word of prayer. Lord God, 2015 years, 2015 is a year that is behind us. We are here. We are 2015 survivors, Lord. We thank you for doing the things in it that you've done. We thank you for walking through the things that you've taken us through because you've been with us because that you will work all things for good for your purpose and for your plan in our lives, Lord. And we are blessed by that. We pray for 2016, for a clear path, God, but also just for a chance to see you move in a fresh way, in a bold way. God, we want to be a church that's a bright, bright beacon for your plan. We want to be a church that's used... In this city, whatever, greater Milwaukee, Lord, whether it's Milwaukee or Tosa, we want to be used here. We want to be a beacon for salvation, a beacon for reconciliation, a beacon for hope, a beacon for peace, and all these things that can only come from you. Not our interpretations, Lord, but things that only come from you. 
I'm blessed to co-labor with these people, Lord. Truly blessed. I pray for your blessings on them, Lord, as we start this year. And we take on these things that are before us. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. Amen.